Good evening, everyone. Welcome to church here online. Just want to say we appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and share it. If you're on YouTube, share it. Twitter, whatever social media platform you're on, go ahead and share it. Um, my name is Marcus, and I'm going to be covering Acts 28, verses 1 through 6. And the title of my sermon today is Tested, But Not Defeated. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for this evening and this opportunity to be used by you, Father God. I, I pray in Jesus' name that you are glorified. I, I pray in Jesus' name that I will be moved out of the way. And I pray, Lord, in your mighty name, Jesus, that the word that will go forth will, will touch the hearts of many who are, who are watching and who are listening. I pray, Lord thy God, that uh, through these times right now, you will strengthen your people and encourage them to be bold in their faith and serving you and, and sharing the gospel with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we are in Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 6. We'll read. Now, when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire, and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. So these are the verses we're going to be covering tonight. Before we get to those, we're just going to give you a breakdown of that, and I'll give you a little backstory of how we got to this point. So, at this point of scripture, Paul and others escaped the ship they were sailing on to Rome. The ship crashed into the island of Malta. On the ship, they had 276 people on it. There were soldiers, a Roman centurion, the helmsman, an owner, Paul as a prisoner, along with the other prisoners. The ship became stuck, hitting the land or some rocks of the island, and was stuck in place. And being stuck in place, the ship started to tear apart. All men had to escape and swim to shore on different objects and different broken parts of the ship. Reaching the shore, they noticed the people of Malta were showing unusual kindness to them. It says the natives saw the rain. They knew it was cold. They saw the shipwreck. So they decided to kindle a fire for them who escaped the boat. And Paul goes to add more wood to the fire. And as he does so, a viper latches onto his hand. And the people there said, No doubt that this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, but justice does not allow him to live. But we see Paul, he shook off the snake from his hand. Yes, they expected him to die. They were waiting as time went by. They were all watching like this prisoner... This man, Paul, 
he will soon be dead. But Paul, we know, did not die. Then after the people, they concluded that he was a god. So before, Paul was selling to Rome to appeal his case matter to Caesar because he was arrested back in Jerusalem. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 21. He was arrested because Jews of Asia stirred up an entire crowd in a temple with cries and false accusations against Paul to have him arrested. From that arrest, before getting to this point of scripture, he faces Roman guards. He faced a board of council members with Pharisees and Sadducees. He faced Governor Felix. And when he faced Governor Felix, he sided with the Jews and put Paul in prison for two years. During that time, Felix tried to bribe Paul for money for an early release, but Paul would not be bribed. Then Felix was replaced by Governor Portius Festus. Then Paul faced Festus. Then soon after, he faced Herod. Herod Agrippa II. Herod Agrippa II is the son of Herod Agrippa I, who was the one that killed James and had Peter arrested back in Acts 12. After facing Herod, Paul then set sail to Rome through a messy storm, spending days on the water with others who thought that they were going to die on that trip. But they did not die. They reached to this point, still, on, still in route to Rome. So uh, that's the backstory of how we got to this point of Scripture in these few verses we're covering tonight. Paul's a prisoner, and so far, where he is going and how he is getting there, it's rough. He's enduring through trials and tests, all the while keeping faith in pursuit to get to Rome. If you read through the chapters of Acts, you, you notice that throughout Paul's journey and his mission, he shares his testimony and preaches the gospel, all while continuously facing trials with Jews, with Gentiles, with Sadducees, with, with Pharisees, council members, with governors, uh, Felix and Festus, and faced Herod. All the while facing these trials, but only because of his faith in Jesus. Being led by the Spirit, he endures this journey. And this brings me to my first point. Your faith will be tested. We've read that Paul was arrested for his faith. He was stoned for his faith, jailed for his faith, beaten for his faith, faced death many times, received lashes, spent days and nights at sea, was often in pain, hungry, tired, thirsty, facing any and every trial that Satan threw at him for his faith in Jesus. Because of his faith, he faced trial after trial after trial. Paul was tested. But Paul continued through many things because of his faith. He gave up his own life, his own desires for his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, reading about Paul, we see all the books of the Bible that he's written, the two-thirds of it in, in the New Testament, in so many scenarios we read, and we can believe it because we read it, but how can we imagine 
ourselves being in his same position. And with that thought, we have to ask ourselves, is our faith in Christ something that we could suffer for as Paul suffered for? 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus will suffer persecutions. We must get to a place in our walk where our faith is bold, is, is willing and unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To go through trials and say, whatever comes my way, I still will remain faithful to Jesus. To say, I will worship Jesus through any scenario, and I will continue to serve him regardless of what the storm looks like. No matter what storm, no matter what trial, or what adversity we face, we must remain faithful. Living this Christian life, we are going to face trials and things that will challenge and, and test our faith. But we must remain faithful. So, with our faith and as other Christian believers that are out there, we know that we all face trials in life. We all come through hurdles and hard spots and rough spots that, that, that challenges our faith and belief. But... In the testing moments that were in those storms, that's what pushes us closer to the Father and closer in our relationship with Christ. For myself, I'm 33 now. I've, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with losses of family members, uh, losing of friends to murder, um, just things that would make me feel alone, feel like no one's there for me, and all the while, over the course of all these years, I can look back and say every moment of my life has pressed me closer and closer in my relationship with Jesus. And that's what those trials are there for. During those trials, there's nothing else I can rely on. It's not money I rely on. It's not a phone call from a parent or family member I rely on. It's not the security of a job or a roof over my head that I rely on. The one thing that I rely on through all the trials is Jesus in Jesus alone. Think about it. Didn't we read about counting the cost to be a Christian in our, in our Bibles from our studies that we do to be a follower of Jesus? We read in the Bible in, in Matthew in chapter 16, verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is saying that if we desire to follow him, we must deny ourselves. Meaning, you no longer belong to yourself. You are his. You no longer make the rules for your life. You don't make the rules for anything that you face. You just obey Jesus in everything. In all of your life, everything around you belongs to him. Everything belongs to Jesus. The way we think, how we feel, our emotions that we wrestle with, the decisions that we make, our attitude, our desires, even revenge it all belongs to Jesus. If you hold on to your life, your pleasures, 
your safety and comfort and holding on to your own will that you want to do, you will lose your life. We must have a real, tangible, action faith to walk this scripture out of Matthew 16. James 2.20 says, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Paul knew the mission. He counted his cost and gave up his life to follow Christ, not knowing what he would face, but knowing it would lead him to eternity in heaven. This is why he is driven and determined to reach Rome, to stay in the will of God, keeping his faith regardless of what comes before him. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is your complete trust, your confidence and belief in God, which produces action. Even when you can't see a thing, you still believe. Now, this isn't a a blind trust in, in what you can't see. It's an unshakable trust in whose you are. Through Paul's journeys, he went through stoning, persecutions, escapes, wrecks, false accusations, arrest, jail, and so much more. Paul is not seeking his own will of comfort and security to follow Jesus. He is following God's will, having faith to go against the grain, against comfort, against safety, to follow Christ. Jesus changed Paul's life. And that is why he is fighting, pushing, and pursuing through every trial counting it all joy. Paul knows and remembers what he was saved from. And there is no turning back. In Acts 9, 4 through 22, it tells us the story of of Paul, who used to be named Saul, on that road to Damascus. Tells us how Jesus knocked him off of his horse with a blinding light from heaven, saying, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Paul remembers that encounter with Jesus and why he holds on to his faith. He knows he is a changed man, a new creation, and will one day see heaven because of his faith, submission, and following after Christ. Paul knows he will be tested, but not defeated. Not defeated by the lies of the enemy, not defeated by what others say, not defeated by how he feels, not defeated by what he thinks, not defeated by any physical attack. His faith in Christ is the only thing that matters. Just like Paul, we should have this so ingrained in our hearts and ingrained in our minds that our faith in Jesus is everything. Knowing that Jesus will always be there for us, he's always with us regardless of where he sends us. And my next point is, God is with you. Although life gets hard, 
Although we go through trials that we don't understand with and things we deal with that, that doesn't make us feel good and doesn't make any sense. Uh, things that hurt and make us feel uncomfortable and sometimes fearful. We are still to remain faithful and know that God is with us regardless of where he sends us. We must press in and continue forward into his will for our lives. Not to retreat back to our comfort, but to go forward and to press in further. We must keep our faith and know that he has everything in control. He guides us, he protects us, and he will always be with us. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Dismayed is to, to break down, to be fearful, to, to be threatened, to, to retreat, to be discouraged. And the Lord is saying, do not fear or be dismayed. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. And Psalms 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It says, I will not fear evil, because he is with us. Christ, Christ is with us. His rod and his staff comforts us. Life will get hard at times, but it doesn't matter what comes our way. Because for us, our duty is to remain faithful to God, following Christ, because they are the ones that gives us strength. His promises to be with us forever and always. Acts 28, 3, 5, it said, But when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. As Paul was placing more wood on the fire, a viper bites him and latches onto his hand. Yes, Paul is bitten by a snake. Yes, it hurts. Yes, this is a viper. And yes, the people of the island saw it and thought they were going to die. My assumption is I assume they've seen this before. And here is Paul with the same issue. The people of Malta thought that it was justice being served because they assumed that he was a murderer since he was bitten by the snake. But no, Paul did not die. God saved his life. Some could say others were there to treat him. Some could say Luke gave him medical treatment, saying that it wasn't a miracle, he survived. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that Luke or anyone else treated him. It doesn't say that at all. But it does say that he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. God was with Paul. And as he was with Paul, he is with us. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, 
I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus gives us protection from Satan for those who are doing his will and spreading the gospel for us to use his name to cast out demons and to trample on certain serpents and scorpions and says nothing by any means shall hurt us. Satan's plan was to kill Paul to prevent him from finishing his course to Rome. But God was with Paul as he shook off the viper from his hand. The Lord kept him and made a way through every scenario that Paul faced and dealt with. He stayed in God's will and stayed being led by the Holy Spirit, keeping his faith. For us, regardless of the troubles we face, regardless of the circumstances, what people say about us, what people do to us, what people are against us, regardless of what attacks the enemy throws at us, God is with us. And we have to remember that and keep that in our hearts. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good, courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you lose your job, if you lose your house, a vehicle breaks down. If you lose your spouse, a child, friends, family, God will be with you. So take courage in following after Jesus. Remain faithful And be bold and know that he is there. I'm not ashamed of my faith. There's been times where I've had corporate sales jobs and people knew I was the Christian. I didn't care. Um, Even in high school, some buddies would say, Marcus Ford loves the Lord. (laughs) And you may hear it from Pastor Matt sometimes, but you know, it's like we have to remain faithful It doesn't matter who knows if you're a Christian. We need people to know that we're Christians. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel and our faith in Jesus Christ. My third point, God will protect you. Back to the shipwreck, before escaping and swimming to shore, the soldiers made a plan to kill every prisoner on board, including Paul so that no prisoner would escape their sentence. In Acts 27, 42 to 43, it says, And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first, and go to land. The soldier's job was not to let anyone escape. They couldn't. The, their responsibility was to get the to ensure the prisoners were transported from one point to another. Instead of risking their escape, they decided death was a solution. But God's plan was different. God still had a plan and purpose for Paul. The Lord kept him alive 
the Lord protected Paul and already knew this time would come. And he was there when Paul needed him. God will protect you. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be of good, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 24 says, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. The Lord will fight for you. He will protect you. He will take care of you. You must put your faith and trust in Jesus. God has your life in his hands when you are in his will. Matthew 10, 29, 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value. You are of more value than many sparrows. Only God decides when it's our time to go. Trust that God will see us through and protect us and continue to keep our faith in his provisions. God has a purpose for you for a specific reason. God has brought us all this far. He has called myself, he has called you, and he is protecting us and preparing us to do a work for him, for his glory. I don't believe Paul wanted to escape at all from that ship to freedom. He had plenty of times to escape his journey if he wanted to, but he remained faithful to the Lord. He committed to finish the course that God had for him, regardless of what that meant for his own life. Second Corinthians four, eight through nine says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. There will be trials, but we are to remain faithful to God. Paul was facing death, but the Lord said no. He is in my will, and I have a purpose for Paul to live. So we must also trust in the Lord since we are still alive. We have a work to do, and God will protect us. Our faith must be strong to face these trials that come in life. God is the one who protects us. He fights for us. He gives us strength to continue. He keeps us focused and he directs us. And it is, and, and it, it's quite interesting that in this moment of the soldiers wanting to kill all of the prisoners, God uses one man, a Roman centurion, that saved Paul. By God using that one man, Paul's life was saved. By God working through one man, Paul, and every prisoner's life was saved on that ship. If every person would have died in that moment, the soldiers could have called it justice. For the crimes the prisoners committed of murder, theft, rape, fraud, any of the, the charges against them, they would have all died. 
But since God was protecting Paul, they were all saved. The same is for us. We all deserve death and God's wrath to burn in hell because of our sins that separate us from God. But just as God saved Paul and the other prisoners by using one man, the same is for us. God did the same thing for us by using, that one, by using one man to save us, and his name is Jesus. Jesus saved every single one of us by dying on a cross for our sins to reconcile us back to God, providing salvation to the world to those who will respond, repent, and repent for their sins. Now, reading about Paul and his trials and trips uh, leading to this place in Malta, going to Rome. As much as many examples we have from Paul that helps us Christians walk out our faith, Paul did not do any of these things on his own. He only did these things by the power of the Holy Spirit that lived inside of him, submitted to Christ, following after Christ. Not shaken, not wavered, but fully driven and dedicated to his faith in following Christ. Now, if you are a Christian yourself and you're watching live online, I just want to pray for you to encourage you and to remain strong in your faith and dedication to following Jesus in this life. The Lord Jesus has a will for each and every one of us to be bold in our faith, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow after him. We've read about the faith that Paul had, the endurance, how God will protect us and how God will be with you. If you don't have that same assurance as us Christians do, I want you to tune in and take a listen now and really pay attention to this part. The faith that we have as Christians, the the drive that we have is not because of our own selves. It's all because of God, because of the spirit that he has placed inside of us to continue our journey. And I want to give you an opportunity to accept the same life, the same salvation, the same joy, and the same strength where we get our strength from with you. I have everyone bow their heads. If that's you and you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you now to start this day today, this night, in a relationship with our Lord and Savior. You can repeat after me. Father God, forgive me for my sins. I come to you today as a sinner, and I want to repent. I want to throw my life back and not turn around, but to follow you. I want to have this new life this new strength, this new faith, and this Holy Spirit to be in my life so I can walk out your will. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you guys on Facebook, YouTube, go ahead and share this. Uh, We appreciate you guys. You guys, have a good night. Thank you. Anything else?